to Voices of the Belt and Road podcast, brought to you by the Belt and Road Advisory, your professional advisors on all matters concerning the Belt and Road Initiative. Voices of the Belt and Road is our flagship podcast, and with each episode, we'll hear the personal stories of people who are part of the Belt and Road Initiative. The aim of this podcast is to demystify the initiative by interviewing a broad array of people whose lives are impacted day in and day out by the world's largest cross-border trade initiative and infrastructure build-up. On this podcast, in addition to university researchers, think tank experts, and policymakers, you can also hear from business people, workers, and countless others involved in the Belt and Road. You'll hear people tell their own personal stories in their own languages, because at the end of the day, the Belt and Road Initiative is changing people's lives, and we want you to hear it from them. Please enjoy this week's podcast, and thanks for tuning in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Voices of the Belt and Road podcast brought to you by the Belt and Road Advisory. And on today's episode, we're very lucky to have joining us from 5,000 miles away, Reese Wally, the CEO of the Manchester China Forum. Uh, Reese, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ravi. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you. Thank you very much. You know, one of our aims of this podcast is to really get on the ground insights of people who are working, trying to engage with China, both foreign and in Chinese. So it's great to have you. Um, so first, go to classic question in general, just so our, our, our viewers can get a sense of who's on the show is, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and your interest in China? Sure. So my background uh, with China goes back to 2004 when I uh, relocated from the sunny climes of the UK to Beijing. I spent the best part of nine years uh, living and working uh, in China um, across a, a range of, of sectors. And then uh, back in 2013, relocated my family to take on the role, as you said, of CEO of the Manchester China Forum, which was uh, an initiative uh, set up um, or launched by the then Chancellor Exchequer, George Osborne, to really help the city deliver uh, a step change in its engagement with China. So there's a lot of foresight setting up a body like that, and I can't think of many other city-level organizations, not only in the UK, but globally, who are working on a specific China strategy. So tell us a little bit more about why you set up the Manchester China Forum. Yeah, so Manchester has a long history of liking to, to do things a little bit differently. Um, it's a city that has a, a long tradition of working very effectively across public private sector and, and collaborating uh, across those key stakeholders. So back in 2012, Lord Nat Wei was commissioned by the city region with really sort of undertaking uh, a bit of analysis on the existing relationship with China, but more importantly, how that should look like moving forward into the future. And uh, one of the key recommendations from that piece of work was that Manchester needed a special purpose vehicle really to, to deliver that step change. We are, you know, essentially a, a public sector body. We sit within what is called the growth company. So uh, that is home to the key public sector agencies tasked with driving forward the international agenda. Um, but what makes us quite unique is that we, as I said, work very closely uh, with the private sector to ensure that our broad 
priorities in terms of developing long-term uh, strategic partnerships with China involve uh, the broad spectrum of partners uh, across the city region that are, are key to delivering that. And, and you guys have been set up now for, for five, six years. And, you know, we met last year in, in Manchester and, you know, I've, I've constantly been impressed by the work that you guys have done. Um, you know, as a fellow northerner, it was important for me to, to, get, to get you on the show. But for those of us who are not as familiar with Manchester, you know, we have viewers and listeners all around the world. Just, just give them an idea of Manchester as a city. What does Manchester have to offer? And what are some of Manchester's links with China? Manchester sits very centrally uh, within the UK. It's a uh, city region of just shy of 3 million people. So obviously in Chinese terms, a, a pretty small city, right. but yep. uh, in UK terms, a pretty substantial one. So it has a very uh, significant economy, uh, one that has grown rapidly uh, in recent years, and uh, its yearly economic output accounts for approximately 40% of the economic output for the northwest of England. It has a, a number of universities, so we have four universities across Greater Manchester, which houses over 100,000 students. The University of Manchester alone has over 5,000 mainland Chinese students studying wow. there. So, wow. again, very strong uh, links with, with China. In, in terms of that China relationship, um, as you mentioned earlier, so our organization was set up five years ago. It was really set up to, to deliver a step change in the way that the city engages. And we've looked at a, a whole series of, of priorities, be they from improving connectivity um, into China, so essentially um, air routes into the airport, which is uh, the largest airport outside of London, through to growing commercial ties, so attracting inward investment into the region, uh, encouraging our companies to to go out and, and trade with partners in China through to areas such as education and sports collaboration. So Manchester City Football Club, for example, is now 13% owned by a Chinese investor, right. which uh, was acquisition made back in 2015 uh, for 400 million US. And they've seen, you know, sort of rapid growth, particularly in terms of their partnerships with both uh, Chinese government partners through to industry partners, um, as obviously we see sort of a, a broad range of, of collaboration across those sectors. I mentioned the 5,000 students studying at the University of Manchester, but um, Manchester obviously has a, a very strong research capability. Uh, back in 2015, when President Xi Jinping visited the city, he uh, went over to the National Graphene Institute. Um, graphene was famously isolated here at the University of Manchester right. by two Nobel Prize winners. Um, but again, we've seen rapid growth in recent years in terms of research uh, and development, uh, collaboration with key industry uh, and academic partners in China. So. Um, there's a huge amount going on, um, but clearly uh, substantial room for further growth. And just to dive a little bit deeper into that, how do you think about the opportunities that China might present to Manchester? How do you prioritize which areas, which sectors you're going to focus on? How do you think about that China strategy? 
That's a fascinating question um, and one that is ultimately sort of evolving with time. So as the city region develops a more sophisticated understanding of its engagement with China, I think the, the nature of that um, engagement uh, um, is evolving with it. So, you know, certainly from, from our perspective, as I said, when we were set out five years ago, um, there was buy-in that this was a long-term undertaking. It was one that needed to focus on developing strategic partnerships, and that is, is very much something that we sort of continue to, to focus our efforts on. So um, whilst, of course, um, we look to encourage greater sort of commercial connectivity through attracting inward investment or encouraging our companies to uh, uh, you know, sell into the Chinese market. Um, similarly, um, you know, we're very keen to to focus on sort of developing longer term uh, partnerships across a, a range of sectors. So, um, you know, we mentioned some of the collaboration that's happening, um, be it with with universities and some of the, the partnerships that are emerging there, um, through to you know some of those partners that have come in to invest in the city. That uh, a relationship through uh, an inward investment project, let's say, into Manchester has been created. But now we're looking at, at collaboration in, um, you know, third markets, be they, um, you know, other city regions within the UK through mm. to uh, looking at projects outside of uh, uh, UK geography. So um, from our perspective, you know, as I said, um, we want to be uh, taking a very different approach to, to how we engage uh, with China, um, China is, is in a number of areas now becoming a, a global leader, particularly sort of in uh, digital and tech innovation. So um, we now need to be encouraging um, partners here locally across the region to increasingly look uh, to China for, for inspiration, but also partnership in those areas. And um, our uh, mayor for Greater Manchester, Andy Burnham, has set out some pretty um, bold ambitions, um, be it around uh, becoming a sort of a digitally connected city through to uh, low carbon aspirations. And as we've seen across China, there's there's been tremendous progress in in those uh, mm. sectors. So that really does present some some significant opportunities for uh, cities like Manchester to engage in long-term partnerships um, with leading industry and academic players from China. Manchester and the north of England in the context of the Belt and Road Initiative is really interesting because the Northern Powerhouse, this collective name given to the plan to revitalize the north of England, was the only developed market initiative that President Xi mentioned during his Belt and Road Summit speech in May 2017. So. I was just wondering, from your perspective, what kind of an opportunity does this present? Uh, the fact that, you know, it's been labelled under Xi Jinping's Belt and Road Summit speech. What does the Belt and Road Initiative mean to you and to Manchester and the north of England more broadly? Sure. So, um, as, as you uh, mentioned, clearly, um, sort of reference during uh, the forum back in May of, of last year was a a pretty big deal for, for the Northern Powerhouse. Um, you know, if we rewind back to um, October 23rd, 2015, when uh, President Xi visited Manchester, um, you know, there was real buy-in, I think, certainly from, uh, you know, sort of President himself, but, you know, senior leadership as to uh, the vision 
um, that uh, central government had around delivering the Northern powerhouse, but one that was focused very much on um, an economic rebalancing initiative. And as we've seen uh, across China in recent years um, with the rollout of large-scale infrastructure, particularly that around high-speed rail, um, how that has facilitated economic growth as well as economic agglomeration across city regions. So, um, you know, the, there's a lot of synergy there, and I think there's there's a, a huge amount of buy-in to uh, the vision um, within, um, as I said, Chinese senior leadership. Um, in terms of how that then connects into the Belt and Road, mm -hmm. um, clearly, um, you know, there is recognition as to the uh, global strategic significance of this initiative. Um, uh, there's been, a, you know, a huge amount of focus clearly um, uh, across some of the, the more sort of traditional uh, geographies that are associated with the Silk Route. But um, as we continue to see um, the progress in uh, during the sort of golden era of UK-China relations, yeah. undoubtedly, um, strengthening the links and ties between the Belt and Road um, and the Northern Powerhouse, um, uh, you know, can be a, an extremely important component of, uh, you know, the region's uh, ongoing uh, um, ambitions to uh, strengthen its international connections. So be that through um, partnering around sort of improving infrastructure, which clearly uh, China has a, a huge amount of expertise, having built the best part of 25,000 kilometers of, of right. high-speed railway network right. yep. through to other areas, as you said, particularly around, um, you know, digital Silk Road um, and what the future of um, that sort of digital connectivity connecting city regions looks like. You know, as I said earlier, I think there's a, a lot that we can be looking to China to learn from. Um, it, you know, given that it isn't necessarily sort of held back by traditional infrastructure that Western countries um, are challenged with. So, you know, how do we look to China as it continues to leapfrog technologies mm. um, for sort of learning and best practice? I think that there really is a, a tremendous opportunity there. So for me, I, I think, you know, the, the relationship needs to be one that is founded upon a, an approach of, of partnership, of building understanding and trust and you know that could be through uh, you know improved economic collaboration through you know to as we said some of the the softer side um, sure. so you know whether it's looking at sort of cultural um, exhibitions and you know sort of collaboration uh, that, that draw the two areas uh, closer together I think there's there's a huge amount for us to, to consider the, the biggest challenges mm. that we face, um, and I think this is, you know, West and East collectively, is is really bridging that, that understanding. Um, mm. And as you said, obviously, it's very encouraging to see sort of rapid growth in sort of people-to-people -people, um, uh, connectivity and exchange. Um, but, you know, we, we've still, we've got to be um, uh, sort of realistic in terms of where we are and, and yeah. how far we still have to go, I think. You know, there are a, a number of significant obstacles in um, uh, sort of overcoming uh, misconceptions, um, uh, those that have, you know, been in place for, for decades. So, um, you know, the, there's, there's a huge amount of work that, that needs to be done, really. Um, I think I mentioned to you earlier, we had 
um, a uh, famous uh, tech expert from uh, Beijing, uh, Duncan Clark, sort of speaking to an audience uh, yesterday um, around, you know, some of the, the rapid growth in innovation in the tech sector mm. in China. And I think for us, that was part of a broader initiative to encourage companies, institutions, be they politically or educational, to really sort of try and um, rethink the way that we look to China. Um, and as you said, rather than it being a purely sort of economic relationship, we really need to to establish a, um, a relationship that is founded upon trust, um, but most importantly, partnership where we can help each other to overcome some of these, you know, significant challenges that we all face, um, you know, um, sort of looking forward into the future. So going forward, you know, the Manchester China Forum has been set up for five years now. How do you see yourself evolving over the next five, the next 10? And how do you see your engagement with China evolving? What are your key priorities in that kind of time period? Sure. So, you know, clearly we um, will uh, continue to, to focus on so the, uh, the very sort of short to midterm goals, particularly around, um, as I said, sort of improving connectivity. So um, as it stands, Manchester Airport has two routes into Greater China, one into Hong Kong and one into Beijing. If you compare that with their connectivity into the North American market, for example, they have uh, over 14 routes. So right. for a region with a population of well over three times the size of, of North America, clearly um, there are significant, uh, uh, you know, there is significant room for growth. So we are currently working very hard on securing routes into the likes of Shanghai and Guangzhou, but then looking forward at, at how we continue to drive that forward, because that not only benefits Manchester, it benefits the entire North. We sure. undertook a piece of work uh, last year that looked at the economic impact of, of those routes. And, you know, it was just within a 12 month window, quite incredible to see the impact that it's had across a whole series of, of priorities for the region. Um, as I said, you know, we will continue to, to focus on nurturing sort of uh, strategic partnerships um, economically, so be that uh, welcoming further uh, inward investments um, across uh, a range of sectors, um, but also I think more importantly aligning, um, you know, the the greater Manchester strategic priorities, which some of which I've, I've mentioned, uh, mm. including, you know, areas such as um, the mayor's aspirations around the digital economy, um, you know, creating a, a greener city, um, many, uh, you know, much of which is, is very much aligned with uh, President Xi's own, own priorities. But, you know, really identifying opportunities to bring industry, academic partners together um, and driving for those opportunities to collaborate. So, you know, we've had a lot of success in piloting uh, new uh, innovation here in China. So we were the first city outside of Asia to trial Mobike across the city. Mm, okay. um, you know, we, we continuously look to China for sources of innovation, be it around, you know, autonomous vehicle technology through to AI and, you know, a whole series of areas. So. Um, Manchester really is a, a very sort of aspirational uh, city region. It looks internationally for, for partnerships, and uh, we will continue to ensure that China remains very much at the forefront of that thinking.
Well, this sounds all very exciting, Reese, and I once again just congratulate you for the work you have done and the work you will do over the coming years. And I guess all that remains for me to say is good luck with it all. I'll be following your, your progress very closely. Thank you. Very many thanks, Ravi. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. this week's Voices of the Belt and Road podcast. If you want to learn more about the Belt and Road Initiative, check out our website at beltandroad.ventures. That's Belt and Road, one word, no spaces, and dot ventures, V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. On the website, you can subscribe to our weekly Belt and Road Bulletin and also follow our Belt and Road Advisory social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. That way, you'll always be up to date on what is happening on the Belt and Road. Thanks for tuning in and see you next week.